Good morning. Speaking of what's in the Bible, there's a test today. We're going to be starting with the genealogies. You must get them in correct order, chronologically. In the beginning. Okay. We are... How many of you know who Hagar is? Put your hand up if you know who Hagar is. Okay, the sermon isn't really about her. How many of you know who Sarai is? Okay, the sermon really isn't about Sarai either. How many of you know who Abram is? Again, not really about Abram. But they're all going to get some significant play. And uh, how do you guys feel about spoilers? You like spoilers? Okay, the three of them are jerks. We've got a big setup. Now, see, it's kind of hard to say the phrase, Abram is a jerk, because who does Abram become? Abraham. And who is Abraham? The father of all of Israel, all of God's people, and his descendants will be like the stars in the sky or the sand on the beach. And it's kind of hard to say that he's a jerk when Jesus references him. But he's a jerk. And so is his wife. And so is Hagar. And you're going to see why. We're going to set this up. We've got, we've got some skipping to do through Genesis because you have to get an image of what's going on here. So Genesis 11, 27 to 30. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. That's important. Foreshadowing. I'm really excited that I got to say foreshadowing. <laughs> Genesis 12, 1 to 6. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, it's important to say that calling somebody a jerk isn't a curse, just establishing that. And whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram 
was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired, people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Genesis 15, 1 to 6. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But, Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Foreshadowing. That sentence. Genesis 16. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said... Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. 
Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him and he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bir Lahairoi. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. I love the fact that it's like talking to somebody in Prince Edward Island. They say, well, it's by the Yellow House. Of course, that was torn down 30 years ago, but it's by the Yellow House. These places were there five, 6,000 years ago. Maybe they still are. I don't know. So Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So. Oh, that scared me. I thought the last page hadn't printed. <laughs> I don't know, I think he's dead. <laughs> so, how old was Abraham, or Abram, sorry. That's the other thing I want you to notice. Through this entire thing, through this entire episode, through this entire period of time, what is his name? Which means what? He doesn't yet have the covenant with God. All of this happens before the covenant with God. Now, how old was he when God said to him, hey, I want you to truck on down the road? He was 75. How old is he when he has Ishmael? Well, he doesn't have Ishmael, but 86. So how many years is that? Now, again, you guys have said you're into spoilers. He's almost 101 when he has the covenant and his son. 25 years. As a quick overview, would you find that you generally agree with my assertion that the three of them are jerks? Because let's, let's look at this quickly, just quickly, and, and you, you, can't, you can't judge somebody who lived that long ago by today's moral compass, okay? And, and you, you always have to remember that. Remember, we've always talked about context, and this is part of context, is understanding that there are different cultural mores at the time. So they had slaves. 
Is that a good thing today? Do any of us think it's a good thing to have a slave? The answer is no. The answer is no. Well, some of you worried because you were, no. But way back then, it was a culturally normal thing to do. Sarai is living under a terrible burden. How many of you remember from the start of the gospel, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin? What was her abiding shame? She had no child. And so they're blessed with a child. And in that period of time, this hasn't changed. Sarai's unable to conceive. This is a thing of public shame to her. Abram is a wealthy man. He's not... You, you really need to read this whole thing because there's so much stuff and we just don't have time to cover it all in one sitting or, to be honest, this summer. We don't have time to cover everything that happens even up to this point. He's a wealthy man. And he's got no children. And people don't look at him about that. They look at her. He's 85 years old. It seems a little unlikely, we would say, at this point, that they're going to have kids. And in fact, again, when you're reading through this, when God says to Abram, Sarai's going to, well, by that point, yeah, no, she's still Sarai. Sarai's going to have a son. Abram laughs when he imagines telling her. And when he does tell her, Sarai laughs. And God says to both of them, why are you laughing? Well, because at that point, Abram's almost 100 years old, or he's pretty much 100 years old. Just picture that in your head, being 100 and having a newborn. Just take a moment on that one. So, at this point, Sarai says, go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. She's going to use the slave to try and alleviate some of her shame by giving the slave to her husband as another wife. Now, the Egyptian slave, Hagar, is ordered to sleep with the 85-year-old man. It doesn't offer any of her response to that, unfortunately, because it didn't matter. She had to do it. 
So she does. And it works. She's pregnant. Now this is where we see that, honestly, Hagar is a jerk. Because as soon as she realizes she's pregnant, she begins to despise Sarai. She's disrespectful. She's rude. Who knows exactly what it is that she does? The scripture doesn't tell us. Just that it's evident because Sarai knows about it. And Sarai goes to Abram. And she says, you're responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. So she blames him. And what does he say? Your slave is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think best. And then it says very simply, then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Now at this point, as in most times, when a slave runs away, it's not going to go easy for them. So she's pregnant, and the mistreatment is so severe that she flees. So again, we're reminded that Abram's a jerk, that Sarai is a jerk, and yes, even Hagar was a jerk. Now, interestingly, somebody finds Hagar. Who finds Hagar? An angel of the Lord. And the title there is important. Because you'll notice when you're reading through Scripture, sometimes... They are referred to as an angel. Sometimes they are referred to as an angel of the Lord. And the difference is this. They're both the same being. But the angel of the Lord is the one who is sent by the Lord with a particular tasking at that moment. So the Lord sent an angel to find Hagar. Well, he knew where she was. He just went there. He may have even gotten there before her, you know, just kind of. And what does the angel of the Lord say to Hagar when she says, well, I've, I've run away because Sarai is mistreating me. She's being horrible. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. Doesn't say go back, we'll have a, a mediated discussion, we'll set up some, you know, some therapy for you guys, we're gonna do this whole thing. Doesn't say that. Go back and submit. That's tough. 
That's a tough thing to hear. I imagine that would be a tough thing to do. But it's not without a promise. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. Now, if it stopped there, that would be really cool, wouldn't it? But then she finds out the kind of son she's going to have. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. Yay! This is, I have good news, Laurie and Braden. Just a hint, don't use the name Ishmael. Just a thought. Just take it off the list. And she gave this name to the Lord. Now this means that she used a descriptor for God. And this is what she said. I have now seen the one who sees me. So the descriptor she gives to God is, you are the God who sees me. They hand long names. We still do the same thing, but we have words. One word means many words. So they just use many words. And that's what she does. And that's the name that she gives to God. So she goes back. And she bore him a son. And Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Where is 86 between 75 and 100? No, it's not even half. It's, it's not even halfway, right? So... This all happens because Sarai is impatient. She decides to take matters into her own hands, as it were. And she makes this choice. And she tells Abram, the 85-year-old guy at this point, go sleep with my slave. And Abram does it. They step outside of God's will, except that God already knew they were going to do it, and he had a plan for that. You need to look up Ishmael. Very interesting person. Bit of a wild donkey, I hear. So in all those scriptures that we read, how many times did Abram do something right? Once. 
in, in an 11-year period. He's still got time to go. Spoiler. He's not real good at being real good. He gets the occasional thing right. This is really important. Because we've got three people here who behave badly. We've got three people who literally have to be face to face with the angel of the Lord to do what God asks. Romans chapter 4, 13 to 17. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing. And the promise is worthless because the law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there's no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. Let me pause there. What's the name of this book again? Who was it written to? The church in which had what mixed in with the former Jews? Gentiles. Abraham was also the father of those Gentiles. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being Things that were not. This is a pretty complex way of saying that God makes something out of nothing. And Abram and Sarai and Hagar are perfect examples of that. They are pretty normal people. I have found pretty consistently that when you talk to people who aren't really familiar with the Bible, if they give any thought to the people of the Bible at all, it's that they have those glowing halos over their head and they're wafting along about six or seven inches above the ground. And they always have that beautiful look on their face, right? The old Renaissance pictures. In actual fact, the Bible is made up of people who are impatient, argumentative, 
dumb, sinful, violent, cruel. People like us. People like me. People like you. And out of these normal people, God created his relationship with us. Because who comes from the line of Abraham? Jesus. Who comes from the line of Abraham? We do. He is the father of our faith because of that one sentence that Abram believed God. Now, this is, this is a word that you don't often hear looked at. Abram believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, how many of you have, oh, don't put up your hands, probably many of you have credit cards, right? So you get that credit card, and let's give it, let's give it a lovely limit. Let's say it's got, oh, 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 I've lost the name of it. What were those cards that had like no limit? American Express, that's right, the Platinum. When I worked at Radio Shack, a guy came in one day, he bought like three batteries and he put down a Platinum and like magic, my manager appeared beside me. He could sense that card because that guy with that card literally could have bought everything in our store. How much of that credit did that man own? None of it because it's credit. Credit is given to you. You don't own it. You don't have it. And if you use it, it's assumed you've got to pay it back. <clears throat> but, and this is one of the things that the guy said who had that credit card. Sure, I could buy the whole store. Heck, I could buy them all. But next month, <laughs> I got a payment. But here's the difference. Abram had it credited because he believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness. He had no righteousness. He wasn't righteous. He looked at his wife and said, whatever you want, go ahead, she's yours. Do what seems good to you. But it was credited to him. The righteousness came from God. And a guy who did not deserve it, except for that one brief instant, had righteousness credited to his account and became the father of the entire planet. I want you to think of a moment. How many of you, and you can put up your hands for this one if you want, how many of you remember being baptized? 
Okay, so, do you remember the sensation of breaking the water? Either way is fine. Because both are part of a continuum. When you broke that water, you declared your belief And it was what? It was credited to you as righteousness. But here's the difference between a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and a really cool credit card. I can't make the payments. Guess who did? Jesus. We sang about it. He was up on the cross. He shed his blood. In a few minutes, we're going to share communion, and we're going to remember him making the payment for us. He is our righteousness. So what does all of this have to do with us? Yes, it's an established thing. Yes, it exists. It's, it's not going to change necessarily except for this. You could be Abraham. You could be Sarah. You could be Hagar. It's literally following through on that one moment of belief. Because that's what Abraham did. Even though he was a jerk on a lot of occasions. You really need to read this section. Even though at that moment when it was credited to him to righteousness and then down the path when he formed the covenant with God, he obeyed God. He did what he was supposed to do. What are you supposed to do? There's something. You may or may not know what it is. If, if you know what it is, just do it. When you, it's the right time, do it. Don't jump the gun. Don't think, hey, I want my reward now. Because what happens to people who get the reward now, that's all the reward they get. Wait for God's time. 25 years is what Abram was going to wait. Now, it's easy for me to say it was 25 years. If I told you in 25 years, you're going to get $70 million dollars, that makes that 25 years manageable, right? Because you know it's 25 years. But if I say at some point, you're gonna get a big chunk of money. That is harder and that's what he had. That was the part that he did. But the rest of it, being made the father of everything in, in God's faith, Abram did nothing except one moment of believing God. The rest of the time, he was a jerk. Very often, I am a jerk. I hesitate to say it aloud, but it's possible that maybe some of you, on occasion, might possibly, maybe, have done something jerk-ish. 
but we have grace. And we have an advantage actually over Abram or even Abraham is that we know what happened and we're ready for it. You could be Abraham. You could be Sarah. You could be Hagar. You could be a person that the Lord will use in some pivotal way in somebody's life. Be ready for that moment. Lean into it. Just imagine that feeling when you step into the presence of God after having lived however long and he looks at you and he says, well done. What a great moment. And it's waiting for all of us. Be ready.